Well, as most of you know, this time of the year, leading up to Easter and through Easter, um, as uh, we join other Southern Baptist churches in praying for and supporting uh, missionaries like the one you just heard from through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And I love a lot of what she said. I, I love all of what she said. Um, about the state of lostness in, in so many places here in America. You know, whether you're in a rural setting or an urban setting, the condition of the heart, if someone doesn't have Jesus, is the same. And that's why it's so important that we support people like Brianna in going out and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important that we share the good news of Jesus Christ right here where we're at. So before the message, why don't we spend a little time praying for, for her and that work in Denver, Colorado, as well as other missionaries um, who are serving throughout North America. Will you bow your heads and, and pray for me? Pray with me, rather. Um, she asked that we pray for more workers to feel called to Denver to work alongside missionaries and expand their their ministries. So pray for that. She also asked that we pray for perseverance for her and her team in Denver who are working to love their city well. Father, thank you for your love for us and sending your son to die and to rise again for us. Thank you that we have a message to tell. And I pray that we, along with every believer, would be faithful to tell it, Lord God. I thank you for missionaries like Brianna who are serving all over North America, who are sharing your love, who are giving people hope, and I pray, Lord, let that hope rise in our hearts today and let us be changed. And if there's someone here who does not have that hope, a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray that they would receive that hope today. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, as far as I can tell, and from some research that I have done, the most important day in the history of Hallsville, Kentucky happened on December 21st, 1966. It was on that day that the Lincoln Trail Bridge opened for business, where for the first time in history, you could drive a car over the bridge to Indiana. Before that, starting in the 1800s, there was a ferry that took people over. And of course, it's probably a very simple ferry um, back in the 1800s. 
but going on into the 1920s all the way up to the 1950s and 60s, there was a really elaborate uh, ferry system where you could drive your car onto the ferry and go across over to Indiana and then vice versa. It was called the H and W ferry, the, the Hallsville and Candleton ferry. So starting in 1966, probably what took at least a half hour or so while people were getting loaded up on the ferry and then an hour round trip, now would just take minutes as you drove a car across the bridge. Although for the first part of its history through the 1990s, each car had to pay a toll before going across the bridge. Now, speaking of all of human history, the most important day in human history happened around A.D. 33. And it was on this day that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, arose victoriously from the grave. Like what happened in Hawesville, through the cross and through the empty tomb, God made a bridge. God made a way for us to have a personal relationship with him. But unlike a bridge made with human hands, there is no tool, toll, there is no cost on our part for the way of salvation that comes as a gift of God's grace to us. Let me share with you part of the account found in John's gospel about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is a lesser known account of the resurrection of Jesus that happens in a very personal, intimate way between Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' followers, and Jesus. It's just her and him, and she's one of the first to see the resurrected Jesus Christ. Every year we mark this day, Resurrection or Easter Sunday, as the celebration of Jesus' resurrection, but really, truly, every single Sunday that Christians gather together ought to be the celebration of the resurrected Lord. It's the centerpiece of our faith. The Apostle Paul tells us that without the resurrection, then we are still dead in our sins and our trespasses, and we have believed something in vain. The resurrection is that important because if Jesus didn't get up out of the grave, he would have been just like anyone else. He would be a dead man, maybe a good man, maybe a good teacher, but nonetheless dead. But because Jesus did rise from the grave, everything that the Bible claims about him is true and we can rest all of our hope for salvation on the resurrected Jesus the Son of God so this can, account can be found in your Bible in John chapter 20 starting in verse 11 and we're going to read down to verse 
18. John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Now she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them. And I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, and turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. This is God's holy word. Mary had got to the tomb where Jesus had been buried early on Saturday morning. This was the Sabbath, and she had brought spices along with some other women to the tomb. But when she made it to the grave, she suddenly realized that something had changed. The large stone which had covered the entrance to the grave had been rolled away and moved. Astonished, she immediately went back and told the other disciples what she had seen, assuming that someone had moved the body of Jesus Christ. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and John, assuming, took off running. One went ahead of the other. The disciple Jesus loved, which historically we identify as the writer of this gospel, the, the disciple whose name is John, got to the tomb first. He didn't go in. Peter came running up behind, bringing up the rear. He went in. And what they saw in the tomb shocked them. The linen cloths that Jesus had been buried in were neat, neatly folded. And it was as if someone had went through them. They were neatly folded there where Jesus had been buried. They knew something had changed. They didn't understand everything yet. It was still coming into clarity. 
but they knew something had changed and they believed that Jesus was alive. By the time they went back to tell the rest of the disciples what they had seen, Mary Magdalene had made her way back down to the tomb. She was crying at first outside the tomb. She had not yet gone in. But looking into the tomb, she saw two figures there, two angels, one at the head of where Jesus' body was and one at the feet of where Jesus' body was. And they spoke to her. And they asked her, why are you crying? A gentle rebuke at doubt. Because Jesus had repeatedly told his followers that he would rise from the grave. Still convinced that someone had taken Jesus' body, she said to them, I don't know where they've put him. And then, maybe out of the corner of her eye, she saw someone standing there. But she didn't pay close attention. And there was something mysterious about this person. But she supposed that it was the gardener, the caretaker of the garden where the tomb was Located. Who else would be there that early on a Sabbath morning? Anyhow, she did not know it was Jesus standing there. He started to talk to her too. He too asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Sir? Mary said, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away, which implies that she was a woman of some means to be able to to take care of the body of someone who had just recently died. She still had not wrapped her mind around the possibility of resurrection, that we had entered into a new age through the resurrection of Jesus. And then Jesus spoke to her again. And this time, he simply, gently says her name, Mary. And then it was all in focus. She knew who was standing there. Rabboni, she said, which means teacher. This was her teacher. This was her Lord, her master, and her friend. And all she knew to do was to to give him the biggest hug and, and never let go. But Jesus said, don't cling to me. Because... He had more business to attend to. He wanted to go and and reveal himself to others. And then later, he was to ascend back to the Father. And as he had explained to his disciples, 
If he did not ascend to the Father, then he could not send the Holy Spirit as promised. And it's exponentially better for us as Christ followers to have the gift of the blessed Holy Spirit to dwell within us than to have Jesus physically present on earth. Jesus told Mary, don't cling to me since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. And here lies the hope of the resurrection. Through the dying and resurrection of Jesus Christ for us, we can now call God our Father. We can call God our God. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has given us a bridge back to him. We can have a personal relationship with him. Though if we needed a bridge back into relationship with him, that implies some kind of separation was there between us and God. And from nearly the start of human history, all of us, every human being without exception, has gone their own way. We've thought we had better plans for our lives to love than to love and worship our created God, our creator God. And we've, we've trusted in ourselves and we've trusted in, in created things and, and we've disobeyed God. And this has put a huge separation between us and God who is holy, who is without flaw, who is totally perfect, perfect and separate from sin. And apart from Jesus Christ, separate from us. This is why we needed a bridge to return to God. And God is so infinite in love that he built this bridge for us. Instead of just wiping us out like our sins deserve, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth to become a man, to live perfect in love, to live a sinless life, and then to descend to the cross, to take our place, to take the punishment that our sin deserved so that we don't have to spend an eternity separate from our God. As we've read about today, the death of Jesus is not the end of the story. Three days later, Jesus arose from the grave, giving us a way into a right relationship with God. The death of Jesus Christ is the payment the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the receipt 
guaranteeing that God has accepted Christ's payment on our behalf. Giving us forgiveness of sin. Giving us a right standing with God and a clean conscience. Through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we, we who are followers, we who believe in him as our Savior and Lord, and all in all, now can call God our Father. Now can we call God our God. And Jesus is our brother. Do you notice what he said there to Mary? Go tell my brothers. We are now brothers and sisters with Jesus. And we are also brothers and sisters through faith in Jesus Christ with one another. This all implies, I want to mention, the importance of the church in a believer's life. Once we're born again into the family of God, being able to call God our God and, and our Father and Jesus our brother, we're also born again into this body called the church. God's family shows us the importance of God's family in our life. God never had it in mind that we would be alone. He invites us into his family to build up one another, to remind one another every single day of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, lest we forget and so easily we forget. And all of this keeps getting even better. We get new and eternal life. The moment someone places their faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit himself comes to reside inside of them. They get new life now, but this never ends. Jesus Christ's resurrection from the grave is a dress rehearsal for our resurrection that is coming when he returns a second time to earth. Bringing with him all of those who have died in Christ before and, and they will receive new and resurrected bodies first and, and then those who remain at Christ's coming will receive their resurrected bodies and will forever be with the Lord and we will get to see Jesus Christ face to face and we'll be perfected and glorified with him forever. That is true hope. But it leads me to ask the question, do you have this true hope? Do you have this living hope today? Can you call Jesus your brother? Can you call God my God and my Father? Or is he still separate and distant from you?
maybe you know about, but you don't truly know him yet. Well, this morning, my hope is that you would know Jesus and receive the hope of the resurrection, the most important day in human history when God built a bridge between us and him and invites us to come to him, walk over that bridge who is Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Well, that being said, we still have a problem. We still have a problem. Even though God has given us this glorious living hope, everyone in the world, if they don't know Jesus Christ, is still trying to find a bridge. In fact, trying to build their own bridges. And the problem with our bridges is they can't ever deliver. For one, they can't hold us up. They fall down. And then second, they simply do not last. And why do I say they do not last? Well, it's the simple fact that every one of us is going to die. And no matter what we build for ourselves, no matter what kingdoms we try to set up right here on earth, they will end in death, in the grave. There's only one source of eternal life, and that is in that empty tomb of Jesus Christ. Now, what are these bridges that I, I speak of that we try to, to build for ourselves? Well, just like the video talked about in emptiness that we have apart from Jesus Christ, we have this never-ending need to try to fill up the void that's inside of us. And there are all sorts of ways, both good and evil, that we try to fill up this void. And even when we try to fill up this void with good things apart from God, they become very bad things in our life. Let me just name a few of these bridges that people try to build in order to find fulfillment and joy, hope, and peace apart from God, these things are going to end. It's never going to work out. Some people try to build bridges of accomplishment. They try to, to, to find ways to prove that they matter through success that they accomplish. Others through, through money and status and fame so that they can feel like I'm really important. Still others with, with human love and acceptance. If I can just get people to love me and accept me, then I'm going to feel fulfilled. What about beauty? If I can just have people look at me and think, wow, then I'll have made it. What about entertainment and, and pleasure and amusement? There's no end to that in our world. 
And now to be clear, there is nothing wrong with these things in and of themselves. God has given us good things to enjoy in creation. But if we take the gifts that he gives us, ignore God, and replace them with God in our lives, that's when they become wrong. And that's what we do apart from Jesus Christ. Everything that we have, every bridge that we try to build is going to end. The only sure way to find hope and eternal life is through the cross. It's through the empty grave. So here is the bridge that God has built. The only way into a personal relationship with him that's never going to end. And it's found in Jesus. For the wages of sin is death. You see, because we have all sinned and are sinners, there is a separation between us and God. And we feel this alienation. We feel this sense of condemnation in our life. That's why we have emptiness. Because we are sinners. Because we were made for our creator God and we are apart from him. That is the separation that has taken place. And if we die in our sins, this separation continues on forever and ever. But God loves us. God wants none to perish, but all to come to the knowledge of the truth. And even though the wages of sin is death, what we deserve is spiritual separation from God after physical death. He loves us and he sent his one and only son for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus on the cross and in the empty tomb bridged the gap. He bore our sin debt on the cross and was punished in our place. Now he invites us into a relationship with him where we can enjoy him and God the Father for all eternity. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Do you know him today? Not just know about him. Not just come to church and it, or, or even be active in church. Not just try to do good things for God. But do you have this assurance? Do you have this hope? Do you really know God? Where he lives in you. Where he is your all in all. Where you know that you know that you know that Jesus died and rose again for you.
That's the type of assurance that God wants for you this Easter Sunday. And I pray that you have it. And if you don't, I'd love to share with you more about how you can have it. In just a second, we're going to have an invitation time. But you know what? There's a lot of believers here that could talk with you. So you're welcome to come down here, but maybe you feel too nervous to start that conversation down here in front of everybody. Just find somebody afterwards who can sit down and, and talk with you about this hope that we have and how you can accept Jesus into your life today. Because God loves you. And he doesn't want you to miss out. Trust in him today. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we praise you for what you have done through sending us Jesus to serve us by dying as a sacrifice, to prove your power and your glory by rising again. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would work in hearts right now. I trust that you already are. Draw all people to Jesus Christ who hear. Those who don't have a relationship with him into a right relationship with him. Those who do into a glorious, growing relationship with him. Where everything about them is beginning to change and to look more and more like Jesus Christ. Thank you for this hope. Apart from you, all we have is, is sin and, and alienation. We're hopeless. But through Christ, we do have hope. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Will you stand, worship God, and respond to him how God is moving?